Welcome to the Market Access Matters podcast. I'm Louise Bennett and I'm your host. In each episode, we interview a different guest to explore the ever-changing market access landscape from their perspective. We hear about the individual journeys of leaders in the field and what they're learning along the way. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by David McConkie, who is Virology and Oncology Global Value and Access Director at Gilead Sciences. Speaking to David before this recording, it strikes me that he's someone who's not afraid to leap out of his comfort zone and take on new challenges. And I'm looking forward to digging deeper into this as part of the discussion today. So welcome to the podcast, David. Hello, thank you for having me. So can you start by giving us a bit more detail into your role now and what it entails? Certainly. So uh, my current role, as you said, is the Global Value and Access Director at Gilead Sciences. Um, I'm predominantly responsible for the global launch of one of our uh, emerging viruses uh, molecules. Although I also then, just as a as a result of there being such a plurality of um, assets and indications in our pipeline, plus some of my experience um, in my previous role in the company, I'm also doing some support for our oncology pipeline as well. Okay. And what was your journey into market access? You've worked in consulting, you've been a global lead as well as a country lead. Can you give us more detail on that? Sure. Yeah. So I um, out of university, I joined straight into, more, into pharmaceutical consultancy. It was commercial effectiveness was my first role with IMS. And I was there for two and a half years before I then moved to a small market access agency called Double Helix. And that was really about the start of my um, my German market access journey. The consultancy was was a tremendous opportunity to really learn about the industry, how different companies operate, the clinical development process, commercial considerations, you know, and really gave me a solid grounding in understanding how a drug goes from uh, early development into patients. Right, and hence the access part. I spent. Uh, around eight years in total in consultancy, and I didn't drafted uh, WHDX and moved on to uh, GFK Market Access, which used to be Bridgehead. And then from there, I got my first job in industry, which was in Vive Healthcare as the market access lead for their what they described as their international region, which was essentially everything outside of Europe and North America. Uh, was there for about four years, and then moved on to Gilead, and then Gilead, I've had a a number of roles at sort of the regional, local and global level. Okay. And when you first joined Gilead, do you mind telling us more about the role you came on board to do and then how that evolved into something slightly different? So when I first joined Gilead, I was initially split across HIV and inflammation. And this was the time when Gilead were seeking to move into the uh, information sphere, specifically RA and uh, UC. And that was, you know, Gilead were a small, very historically a biotech that were very strong on HIV, and this was entirely a new therapy area for them. And so very quickly, within about six months of me having joined the company, it sort of, I began to realise that while there, while I did have you know, extensive experience in the HIV space, so did most of the rest of the company. Uh, but what I could offer to, to get out which is more effective is actually by leveraging some of that, um, the skill set that I developed in consultancy, that kind of the ability to handle multiple multiple tasks, the, the, the work in a fast moving environment, and you know operate in areas of uncertainty. 
Um, and actually, my efforts have been spent working on um, on inflammation and helping the company go from essentially nothing, a small handful of people uh, in the commercial team, to building out an entire commercial organization and, and moving to to launch. For about six months in, I was fully here, fully on inflammation. Yeah, and how did you find that experience of working with a team and heading up a team that was launching into sort of unknown territory? So it's it's interesting because inflammation, you know, RA is 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 very well trodden ground. There are probably twenty or so um, targeted therapies, you know, biologics, small molecules, uh, things like you know things like that, but. And so, and so there's, you know, you might argue that there's very little new ground to be struck there. But for me, the the exciting aspect of the role was that it was new to the company. Yeah. And so we had to develop, you know, essentially had to create the expertise in-house. So there's lots of external hires, of course, being brought in to sort of bring up. But it was, it was a completely different shift from, from Gilead. It was a small biotech focus to a very large commercial play, um, you know, share of voice is important kind of environment. Um, and just being part of that growth and that transition was actually what a real challenge for me then. That was what was really exciting. And working with the existing uh, country teams, and uh, they were obviously, you know, again used to this sort of the smaller molecules that you know, quite an easy payer, right? And HIV traditionally wasn't exactly well managed by payers into something that was highly competitive, and where payers would, of course, you know, leverage the competition to drive down prices or or, or make it compete for access. So. Yeah, it was just incredibly good fun to working with the local teams to bring them along on that journey um, to help build out the capacity and also to help you know, develop a suite of materials, support the global launch that, again, wouldn't have been developed with the same level of rigor for previous launches. Yeah, it sounds fascinating. And I've got a couple of questions just to unpick that a little bit more. How well do you think that your breadth of experience set you up for success to help that expansion? I think it set me up quite well, actually. I think the uh, with Gilead being a relatively lean company today, it's still true, but definitely then it was a very lean company. So there was a lot of work to be done by a relatively small number of people, and it had to be done in quite a short period of time. I went from uh, the launch, how things have gone well. The European launch would have been early twenty twenty one. In fact, the did launch the drug did launch in a couple of European markets, and the US launch would have been late twenty twenty, and I switched full-time into the role uh, in 2019, right? So at the beginning of 2019, I was in full information. And so, you know, that was really, um, we had less than a year to get, say, the the health economic materials to the UK so they could begin their uh, early engagement with NICE and things like that. So there was a huge amount of work that needed to be done in a short period of time. And that is essentially the, that is what consultancy is all about, right? You know, you do a consulting project, whether it's 12 weeks, whether it's six months, whether it's a year, whether it's three weeks, inevitably there's a huge amount of work to be done in that that period of time and more than you would ideally like. So that is the bread and butter of, of, of a consultant is doing is delivering a lot of it, a lot of high quality work to quite tight, quite tight constraints. Yeah, sure. So in a way, you kind of brought that consultancy string to your boat with you, but was delivering that in-house. And what would you say were your biggest takeaways from that experience? Hmm, that's a really good question. And um, ultimately, I think perhaps not the most positive takeaway, but it's positive as learning. You know, we could no matter how good the work is, um, I think we did we did really really great work. We had a lot of energy around the company, and it was 
a lot of drive behind this, not just in terms of art spend, but just in terms of the real, you know, atmosphere, right? It was a really exciting time for the company. But no matter how good you do, no matter how, how, how good all that is, um, ultimately it comes down to the data. And in this case, the data wasn't good enough to support uh, a launch in key markets. So ultimately it failed. But that is that is one of the key differences between consultancy and industry. In consultancy, you do your project, you hand it over, and then you, know, you might get follow-on work, but essentially the drug, the drug is not yours to launch. Whereas in industry, you can do all this great work and then work really hard. You can do all exactly, it works at the same tempo, not quite the same tempo, but similar tempo as you would have a consultancy at the end of the day. For, for uh, reasons completely beyond your control, uh, the drug still doesn't succeed. So that's kind of a, a life lesson there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and how did that experience shape what you did next? Did you return to some of your HIV roots? Well, at this point, the role of transition, while I was in the role, but transition from a regional to global role, although we still kept a lot of... Um, very close contact with the regional team. Um, really what shaped my next move was, uh, it was two things really. There was, a, there was awareness that I, I had worked for an affiliate, which is really where the rubber meets the road. And it was also an opportunity to move into oncology, which you know I had done oncology work as a consultant, but I never done in the industry side. This is the big growth area for Gilead. And so, it was absolutely a way for me to move into something that was new and exciting, both for me personally, but also for the company. Uh, and that was what really was my, my next move. Okay. And so if you could go back to your former self, is there any advice you would give younger David anything you do differently? Oh, that is a, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, there's so many things that I've learned over the course of my career. Of course, it'd be easy to say, I wish I knew then what I knew what I know now. Um I can think about the time I spent in Vive, and that was this, although I was somewhat well prepared for the farmer world, it was still a steep learning curve. Um I, I had a huge amount to learn that wasn't was more the softer side of things. And I do sometimes think back to that time where there were missed opportunities to make an impact okay. and you know whether there were missed opportunities perhaps to have kept things going as smoothly as they should but so it's, it's less about any one thing I would say it was more just I wish I had I had that experience I wish I knew but I know I had a better grasp of of things when I was in my early, earlier career but I'm sure you know that's what everyone says I guess the one thing that's different about you know consultancy is that in consultancy you can start off as an analyst and senior analyst or whatever the gradings might be because different companies have got different yeah Readings, but you are shepherded along on that journey. You know, I don't feel like I was doing things. I was doing things differently as an analyst. And by the time I was a senior consultant, well, yes, I had a lot more experience, but I didn't feel like I'd done anything incorrect as an analyst. Yeah. Whereas in pharma, I was just in the role, and that was the role. There were, there were very, <laughs> there were very few steps. Right, there was no stepping stones up to the um, senior manager for the international region that I was at Eve. Just there you go, and that whole role, that whole breadth of experience, that was required. Um, I just didn't have all of it. And so I think that's probably a big, big difference. Like you're in and it's usually you're in and you're in at the deep end. You're expected to deliver at the same level as someone who has you know, stepped into that role from another role or has experience in the company. The difference is that the workload isn't quite as high, obviously, yeah. but um, the demands are definitely there. Yeah, I can definitely see that. That makes a lot of sense. 
Um, what would you say makes market access a rewarding career for you? So different uh, different companies will have they'll have different experiences in different organisations. So to my mind, market access is absolutely fundamental to a drug reaching the market. Nothing happens if you don't have access. And at the end of the day, you can do all the trials you want. You know, unless, unless you have access, you're not going. You're not going to. You're not going to launch. And so, a huge responsibility for making sure a drug is a success lands on the shoulders of the market access team at the global, regional, and, and especially the local level. Um, I would say the local level is incredibly fulfilling. Working with the the payer, whoever that might be, you know, nice at the SMC or or um, NCP yeah. in Ireland. You know, it's incredibly fulfilling working with those organizations at the regional level, the you know, global level, again, depending on your structure, you know, it's, it, you do have, you've got great visibility or you're very visible in the eyes of the company. And certainly at Gilead, it's one of the companies where market access is heavily prioritized. And so there's a strong understanding that without a robust you know, value narrative, without very strong pricing skills, and there, there just isn't going to be a success, right? The molecule isn't going to succeed. And further downstream opportunities for that molecule aren't going to be realized. So that is what's incredibly satisfying about market access. I would caveat, though, to say that um, certain co other companies might not perhaps prioritize market access in the same way. So people will have different experiences depending on where they go. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that was going to be my follow-up question, actually. You spoke about... Um the responsibility that lies on the shoulders of market access teams. And I was going to ask you whether you feel that that responsibility is recognised by the wider organisation. Like I said, your mileage will vary. In my current role, absolutely. There is a huge recognition that market access does lead the way. And often, you know, sort of in, in, in some ways it's seen as the tip of the spear for the commercial organisation. Um, you know, they're the first ones who will have contact with external or agencies in the commercial sense. You know, regulate obviously regulator will do their thing, medical will do their thing, but in a strictly commercial sense of you know, uh, of dollar values, that's what market access is. It is usually first on the first in the round. So, absolutely, the work is 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 really really strongly recognised. Excellent. And what trends and changes do you think we'll see in market access in the next 12 to 24 months from your perspective? I think things are going to get more difficult. I think we are seeing the impact of, we're seeing the post-pandemic impact in, in, in healthcare delivery across the board. Um, you know, the resource constraints that exist, the financial constraints that exist. And, and actually, you know, I think all of us as a society are being impacted by the post-pandemic um, challenges and you know the cost of living that we have here in the UK and um and those all while they all affect individual they ripple out and they also affect the things that we all not matter to us and they'll be care about which is healthcare delivery. So I think we'll spend the next 12 to 24 months still digging ourselves out of that hole and still recovering from the impact of the pandemic. I do hope that that back 20 12 months would be we started to see you know green shoots. We're starting to see a return to normality in terms of you know, a bit more loosening in terms of price constraints. Um, because there are some there's certainly some markets where there's very, very little left to squeeze. They're already you know, very, very difficult to launch in certain countries. And I think I hope to see uh, in, the, uh, in the back 20, 12 months, sorry, um, maybe we start to see a return to a bit of, not, bit of normality. But I think we'll be paying for the pandemic for a long time and that will impact market access significantly. 
That's really interesting. Um, so what would you say market access professionals like yourself should be doing to prepare for the biggest challenges that you face? All about evidence generation. It's absolutely about evidence generation. And whether that's supporting clinical trial design, working with health economic or real world evidence colleagues um, to come up with, you know, either pre or post launch evidence generation plans. That's what it all hinges on. You know, if you've got, you know, the money is still, there is still money there. And if you're, if you're coming to the market with a good molecule that you know works from a scientific perspective and maybe from early trial perspectives, that's great. But if you don't have the data to show payers that you will be, you know, ultimately it boils down to money you will be reducing healthcare spend by x amount even if you know it well if you don't have the data to prove that well then you're not going to get recognized for it and they will they will you know, use that against you in any negotiations so i think if if i say a piece of advice any market access professional it is to get as heavily involved in the early pipeline development as possible learn clinical trial design and learn exactly what is possible um what is desired and what you know, what does good look like? What does great look like? But, you know, what does possible look like? And I think that would be my advice. That's certainly where I've been focusing a lot of my efforts for the past for the past year or so. Yeah. And also, is there an agility piece within that as well? Like adaptability and being able to uh, make a shift in, a, in an ever-changing market? Do you have any views on that? Yeah, I mean, it absolutely has to be adaptability. I think sometimes we can get trapped in patterns of um, what needs to be done from an access perspective. So you know, a launch might need a core value dossier, pricing guidance, payer strategy, value messages, you know, one or two other models. And you can get trapped in this kind of like, I'm just turning the wavy of making the same materials, but just for different assets. But actually, I think as we are moving into a more difficult time, as evidence is getting more closely scrutinized, there is a rationale for being much more selective in terms of what work is done and what you develop to support that launch. Um, so that agility is absolutely key and understanding um, what might be useful and what might be just being done because it's been done before is, um, I think, you know, good good insights. And I strongly recommend that anyone gets close to their affiliates if they're not already. I mean, this is basic stuff, right? But knowing what the affiliates need, what the affiliates will actually use, is um it will be incredibly helpful in understanding what you as a perhaps a regional or global team member needs to deliver. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, just want to wrap up with one final question from me. Can you give us a, any teasers on what's on the horizon for you, David? <laughs> I've got a launch coming up next year, and that's probably that's about as far as I look forward to. Yeah. Well, David, I think that's a really great place to close today's episode I found it fascinating and um, especially when you talk about you know making that transition from being a consultant into industry I think that's going to resonate with a lot of our audience so thank you ever so much for taking some time out to speak with me today I appreciate it thank you very much for the opportunity this podcast has been brought to you by Access Infinity We are a team of market access and pricing specialists with a purpose to help pharma companies tackle their challenges head on through a combination of technology and consultancy services. Our core solutions are Access Hub, Neuro and Evidence Library, which you can find out about at accessinfinity.com.
Thanks for listening. Until next time, have a great day and goodbye.